shall we begin? Hey everyone, and welcome to the final season one episode of Legion Quest. I, as always, am your host, Zach Jenkins, and with me is Matt Sibley. Matt, how you doing today? Pretty good. What's happening, Space Captain? <laughs> That's too early for this. It's too early. In case wow. all hundred and a handful of you don't know, I record this at bright and early at 6 a.m. my time and matt's just been you know screwing around with his entire day over in england and he's like okay, it's my right. entire day what is it it's like noon it's like 11 here. yeah that's plenty of time to wake up i had a screaming baby and then a shower and then half a cup of coffee <laughs> you gotta try to get more time i wouldn't say it's a chance to do a lot of stuff no nah, no nah, but that that's not too bad uh, so we're, we're here to talk about the Chapter 8 episode of Legion. Season's over! It we is. got through it! <laughs> we've, we've survived, we've put all of these out on time. Woo. Yeah! Shockingly, hand clap for us, because we did great. Just, just saying, all of you, we did fabulous. <laughs> we'll leave some time in here to allow you to do it, and then we'll pick it back up. Mm-hmm. But okay, that's no. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a... Okay, let's get down to it. I didn't like this episode all that much. I was a little bit surprised at where it went. Yeah. Because it doesn't and... really end like the conflict we were expecting it to. So here's what I've been just... I've been trying to figure out the right way to say this. Mm. Because I know you know, the reception, the initial reception I've seen online is that, oh, this was a great season ending. This was perfect. Mm. And I just fundamentally disagree with it first thing i want to say in most other shows this would straight up be a good ending a good episode hmm. however legion set the bar really high so when it falls especially when it falls to the level of a regular show yeah and falls at this point as well jump. yeah because there's there's this you know, whole theory on television, especially now as things have moved to a more bingeable model, like the mm. Netflix model, that, you know, it's really an, or an eight-hour movie. It's, mm. you know, one continuous long thing where that's not the structure of television. It's episodic. They are eight individual stories that combine into one big overarching story. Yeah. I mean, that's what a season's supposed to be. Mm. So when your big overarching story doesn't really end... Or doesn't end with the emotional gravitas and what's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, just closing closure. out. On, yeah, closure. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that every mystery has to be solved because I'm not about that. I mean, I know we've been talking on this show that you know there's a lot of mysteries and we're probably not going to get an answer to it, and it's fine because there's been emotionally resonant, you know, discussions and responses and things happening about those mysteries, but the character arcs you know, have been continuing even if we don't have those mysteries. In this mm. episode, I'm trying to think of our major cast, who grew, who changed, who was different from the start of this episode to the end of this episode. And not in a superficial or a plot way, but in their character learned something or developed something new. Because mm. it feels like the... Kind of minimal. Yeah, it feels like the crux of this season, the big climax, should have been the end of last episode. Yeah, I mean, like it's got, a... Stuff is 
quote-unquote wrapped up in the sense that they got out of David's mind, but it's also not over, whereas here, like, they almost beat the Shadow King, but he got away in the way that you might expect, like, a mid-episode, like, mid-season episode to go through. Right. It's it's like if Jessica Jones ended after the second time they captured uh, yeah. Kilgrave. Spoiler yeah. for Jessica Jones, but it's been out for two years, and come on. <laughs> I think it like that like that leading up until the kind of second half of this episode, it was gradually introducing elements that would come in for season two. Like it mentions like the World Breaker and the Equinox. Like we don't exactly find out what those are. Yeah. And at that sure. point, I was okay with it because it's like okay, groundwork is being laid, but we're also we're about to hit the point where this is kind of closed off and finished but you know the issue with it is like it's fine to set stuff up but you also kind of need to bring it to a close in another way you can expand outwards as long as like you've kind of like filled in that initial space where you are no i i think that's exactly it and that's not what happened in this episode how pissed would you have been if we weren't getting a season two after this though quite this was the end of legion yeah because i'm i'm I think Gene Smart had said before, like, oh, it ends on, like, a big cliffhanger. And I I guess, part, like, with everything that it had been leading up to, it was like, okay, he's somehow going to make contact with Xavier, even, like, even if it isn't explicitly stated it's Xavier, or something like that. Whereas here, like, I am, I am for, you know, for the people who watch this in five years and can immediately move on to the next one, it probably won't be noticeable, but, mm. like, that that's because, like, it becomes less of a TV show and more, like, there are... Oh, there are like sixty episodes here for me to watch, and like, like that's the way that it can become that eight-hour movie that you said. No, I I agree, and I know we're being down on this. It was still a good episode of TV. Let's. Yeah, it's just the fact that it dashed real. expectations we had for. Yeah, so I mean, there's a few there's a few weird things about this episode. It starts out with a ten-minute you know exploration of the interrogator. His name's Clark, and it mm. goes through hey. This is what happened to him after David blew up a lot of stuff. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty serene. Yeah, well. I have no problem with that as a as a scene in mm-hmm. general. Its place in this episode and in this season, it felt like an incredibly weird place to start out, and not weird in the sense that Legion normally defies expectations and does mm-hmm. something different with the genre. It felt. Like, okay, why are we stopping to learn about this character right now? Hmm. I think at the first time of watching it, I was like, oh, okay, this is fine. It's running a little long, but we know where we're headed and we're going to hit that it's like by the end of the episode anyway. Like, right. Like, with a 46-minute runtime, you can hit it in just under 40. Mm-hmm. Considering that all of the pieces are now on the board and the, how we expected it. And I think, like, it is interesting and necessary with where the show's going now and the fact that Clark is presumably hanging around for some time. Right. But, like you said, the fact that it it's it's like a segue away which helps build some thematic stuff, but it also, you know, with, with these extra ten minutes of men that this, that, like, the Shadow King could have been exercised or it could have felt like this kind of reached a resolution yeah and that that's part of it for me it's you know there was so much 
else that the episode could and probably should have done as a season ender mm-hmm. that spending so much time there it it's a weird weird choice mm-hmm. but they do that we find out that you know he's had reconstructive surgery you know, he's they're getting him to a place where he can deal it does build sympathy for the character and yeah. this whole episode it's adding a lot more shades of gray to the Summerlands versus division three kind of conflict yeah which i know we've we've talked about how you know division three is probably not as bad as they're saying and Summerlands is probably not as good as they're being painted there's shades of gray yeah. here and this th- there's like an interesting comparison in the fact that clark has a husband and an adopted son as well because of the fact that it like there is like a element of being extricated from like the default society in the same way that mutants are oh yeah so yeah, yeah. like it's it's like very much there to help kind of increase that and then it thus creates those shades of gray right like i know uh oliver sava uh did or talked about that in his review on vulture mm. about how you know yeah i think that's where i picked inter- up on it yeah the interrogator's a guy who you know you, you talk about the quote-unquote mutant metaphor He's already had to deal with all that crap in society. Already had to fight for his place and his acceptance in society. Mm. And now these people are looking to take that away from him, essentially. Not because he's gay, but because they are more evolved. They have more power than him. Mm. And that scares him. And I think that's a very good way to humanize it. Because the mutant metaphor... It falls apart under a little bit of scrutiny. <laughs> yeah, like it's a very it's a very general thing which runs into complications. It's like yes, you should treat people based on their actions and not because of what they look like or where they're from or anything like that. But in a very real way, these people have uncontrollable laser beams coming out of their eyes. So maybe we should look into making sure that everyone else is safe. Like, there is a legitimate argument there, and it's not... It, it's mixing civil rights with gun control, and that's a that's a tough one to balance out. Yeah, it, it probably worked better in the 60s before, like, while kind of civil rights was going on, whereas now, because it's had to evolve to evoke different things, it, like, it's starting to become, like, a lot in that way. Yeah, it's... It becomes tougher. It does, however, allow the show to do stuff like this where you can see exactly where Division 3 is coming from. They're afraid mm. of being replaced. Yeah. And that's a that's a good concept. Yeah, I think the fact that they utilize kind of people like the Eye mm-hmm. is like, it It does add to that in like, they're afraid, but like, there is a chance of coexistence. It's just kind of like the way that kind of conforming to ideals. Yeah. So, uh, the rest of Summerlands, we start to, you know, figure, everyone's freaking out, okay, okay, we have Amal Farouk, the Shadow King, contained for now, but we gotta get him out of David. And that's mm-hmm. the big driving thing. Sid, in particular, is very, you know, concerned about this, because she, she's mm-hmm. in love with David, that's fine, I get it. <laughs> and she eventually makes contact with the Shadow King, who says, you know what, uh, you're gonna try and get him out. But we are way too connected at this point. You try and get me out of him, I will kill him. So, you know, maybe let's work together. And Sid just does the dumbest thing and agrees with this mind demon. Mm. 
Well, they're like, there's influence on it, like, because of the way that everything's gone down. So, I don't know whether she's entirely in control of that decision, but... Again, with, like, the perseverance she's shown... Yeah. Since, like, while in the fake clockworks, I think it's a little surprising that she's so willing to jump on board with this. It's frustrating for me because this only works if Sid is stupid. If Sid refuses to talk to anyone that has, she's been trusting for the last few months at least, refusing mm. to say, oh, hey, uh, Melanie, hey, Carrie, we need to rethink this plan. Just straight up, let's let's go back to the drawing board for a second because this is what I'm getting. Mm. It only works if the plot, you know, it only works for plot reasons because the plot needs it to work. Not because it's necessarily what Sid would do. I know we've seen a lot of Sid not fully trusting everyone, and her and Melanie have come into conflict a lot in this season. But I don't think that I don't think that Sid would risk everything just to keep the Shadow King thing a secret. It's not like yeah, especially when she knows how dangerous the Shadow King is. Right. It's not like the. I feel like that must be why, like the reason, like this stuff has to be going on while Division Three is also kind of. Not only, like, there, but there are the people back at the base kind of deciding what to... I think, like, it's that... It's meant to be, like, the overwhelming factor is, like, there's no time to talk about it. Right. It, it so, does add a clock yeah. to the situation. Mm. And that's that's a good little... That's a good little piece of, you know, plot hand-waving. Just, you know, helping, it, helping out the situation. Yeah. If this was happening over the course of a week, you'd start to have more questions. I would lose it if yeah. it was happening over the course of a week. <laughs> but... We uh we get through all of that. Uh, Melanie and Oliver they talk again. Uh, Oliver still doesn't recognize her, and this is obviously upsetting Melanie. Yeah, you can kind of see the moment where her heart breaks like again because it just holds on her for a few seconds at one point. Yeah, and uh, beyond that, oh yeah, they captured. In case anyone was <laughs> curious, they straight up just do not get afraid of Division Three and all the soldiers. They capture the interrogator. David makes a people tower out of all the soldiers. Mm. It's quite it, that that was quite fun to see as everyone's slowly being dragged into the new center of mass created. Right. And giving credit to Dan Stevens cuz he's playing this version of Legion, this you know David now mm. in control without the Shadow King, very different than he was playing him when uh, a few episodes ago when Lenny had pretty much taken over. Yeah. Yeah, like if anything kind of shows his versatility, versatility to the fact that he's had to play different versions of David without it being explicitly different personalities. Yeah, it's not just confident David again. It's a different take on him, I mm. guess. But, you know, they interrogate the interrogator. They go through a bunch of stuff. And then, you know, Carrie eventually decides, hey, we freaking got to get them all out of David. So let's go put him in our weird magic science circle. And expunge the Shadow King from all of his old memories. It's very kind of like a Ghostbusters contraption looking at it. Yes. Yes, it is. It's that same 70s modern aesthetic that the entire show has had. Mm. Which, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, said, like, I think uh, it works well as well because of the fact, like, the lasers are an interesting kind of visual point, and then there's also stuff with the chair. It's not just like, oh, we've strapped him into a seat or put him in, a, in an MRI again. 
Can I tell you the only thing that about that scene that didn't really work for me? Uh, yeah, sure. I can't guess what it is. <laughs> it's that they straight up just played the opening of Dark Side of the Moon. They played "Breathe, Speak to Me, Breathe," and mm-hmm. "On the Run" right there in that whole scene. Yeah. And I, that was going to be know. some pink flight at some point. <laughs> it was going to be, but mm-hmm. it maybe it's just because we've been talking about this for a while. But it feels on the nose. It feels just mm-hmm. a little like. Yeah, I think a lot of the music this episode were kind of easy ones to make. Like the fact that it plays Children of the Revolution later on. Mm-hmm. I, so I think, and this is just me being kind of a you know 70s rock nerd, I think it would have worked a lot better if they just did On the Run, which is that uh, instrumental that it kind of ended with. That oh, okay. Yeah, that part of yeah. it. Yeah. Because, you know, the breathe that whole part it's the lyrics are pretty you know straightforward on everything i don't know i i've i've liked most of the musical cues here and this may just be me being pedantic because now i'm upset about the episode and i'm trying to pick out every flaw okay which it was still a good episode let's yeah, be clear just like, like with episode six we're kind of being a little bit more critical because we've like kind of leaned that way and we're like because we kind of ensuring we're justifying it yeah but you know, it goes through the whole David situation just in reverse, uh, eliminating the Shadow King in everything, and then him and Lenny meet up and kind of have a battle of wits in his mind, in his memories. Hmm. It's a good sequence, and then yeah, like it's the fact that like it's not just against a single static background, but the camera's moving around and repeating the shot of Baby David, right. Makes it look a lot more interesting than just like a we needed to fight in front of one green screen. Exactly. No, I I liked I liked the aesthetics of how they set it up. Mm-hmm. I just then right after that, Sid kisses David, absorbs the Shadow King, and then it's a big slow motion kind of disaster that starts to happen. Yeah, everything kind of goes wrong. On, like, a bigger level than it did at the end of Chapter 5 before everything froze. Like, you still have someone coming in and firing a gun, but uh, you have... So the the Shadow King then kind of transports himself into Carrie and then has to fight Patonomy and eventually... The thing thing with Melanie was quite, like, an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. The psychic gunshot. Yeah, it was a cool way of showing it. I'll tell you, can I tell you the one thing I'm disappointed about? Yeah, sure. It didn't turn into body swap tag. Like, it wasn't yeah. the Shadow King just jumping to each person. It got to carry who's the most competent person if you're trying to break out of somewhere. I get mm. that. I love Carrie. Carrie's been one of my favorites this whole season. But I really wanted to see, you know, okay, this is what Shadow King Sid's like. This is what Shadow King Carrie's like. What's Shadow King Melanie like? Yeah, it, it's an amount of restraint which the show uses by not kind of running through all of those options, because, like, you know, if you remove the slow-mo, like, it's, it's an incredibly quick sequence. Like, right. the, the Shadow King gets into Sid's body, and then probably within, like, a few seconds has already realized the best choice is to go to carry. Yeah, but I wanted it to do that, yeah. though. This guy, I feel like we'll, we'll get it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this is just me wanting something that the show wasn't doing, and that's fine. And then eventually, you know, David fights Carrie in a hallway. And by fight, I mean they run at each other and then there's a blinding light. It's kind of anime-like, I guess. The way yeah, that the energy's built up around them. Yeah, they've, they've got a... 
I know you don't like the movie, but they've got, like, the Negasonic Teenage Warhead from Deadpool running and charging up thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Mm. I was like, wait, I've seen this effect recently <laughs> in an X-Men property. I mean, like, my, I it was, like, the blue and red color scheme. It's, like, the same way that they yeah. used it for his mind when Lenny was in the bathroom and everything. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was... It, was, it felt like they had to have a confrontation, but they didn't really want to have a confrontation. They just wanted the Shadow King to escape. Yeah. When if, again, when like you if you were to speed it up to normal, it does happen incredibly quickly and he's gone in a minute, really. Which is like right. the way that you could just let someone escape if you wanted to. Right. Though we do get Oliver being possessed by the Shadow King now, which is mm. the best pairing. Yeah. Did you see that uh Jermaine Clement and Aubrey Plaza are doing like an actual road trip movie? Wait, like, are they actually in real yeah. life, or was... Okay. Like, like, real life, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's, uh, that's, like, an incredible amount of luck for this to happen. Yeah, that's... that's interesting. I did not mm. know that. I'm really excited I'm... to see this pairing next season, though. Oh, yeah, that's the best part of it. Just, like, because... they, 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 they're the ones who have had the chance to do the most and just kind of go in these off-kilter directions with their performances. Yeah. Yeah, Oliver's Oliver's the best choice for something like this because Jermaine mm. Clement has he's walked the line between random and realistic yeah. really well. Like it's just up to that line of this could be annoying otherwise, but he does a great job with it. Yeah, and I think it's a smart choice to have Aubrey Plaza stick around as well because it would be with the amount of presence which she's given the show. Then, like, if they would have decided this had been the end of the Shadow King, then it would have been a, a void which would have been difficult to fill. Yeah, I'm very glad that Aubrey Plaza is still alive because she's been killing it. Yeah, she's been the consistent best part of this show in a show mm. with an all-star standout cast who's all delivering very good performances. Yeah, and that's a uh, kind of how the season. Oh, do we do we want to talk about the end credits thing? I feel like we should because it's a pretty big. Thing I don't like, I don't I don't know how anyone could come in, like presumably come into season two and know what's going on if it was just suddenly like when wait when did this happen why why is he there yeah why why David get captured by a pokeball <laughs> yeah it's a it's a it's a weird scene because because of the fact that it's now like a night time and Sid and David are kind of looking out at the stars and then he then he just kind of gets whisked away by the pokeball <laughs> yeah. He's- He's just—he's just going to face space justice or something. Yeah. I don't know what's—I don't know what's going to happen with that. It sets up more stuff for season two. It makes yeah. it so that David now has to work his way back to you know this happy resolution at the end of season one. Yeah, which, and it's better I mean, than him getting trapped in a uh, mental space as well. Like it's a new physical one to yeah play with. It gives—it gives him options to play with. Mm. But now we just gotta wait to see what happens. Yeah, on the bright side, it's not as long as I thought it would be. Oh, hopefully not, because they said they want to try and hit the February premiere date again. Okay, I mean, I can I can live with that. Yeah, it's a quicker turnaround, but I think that's probably because he knows entirely where he wants to go with this, whereas with Fargo, it's more, when I come up with a story, we can do it. Yeah, where Fargo, it's a reset button every season. And by yeah. the way, I'm now halfway through season two. Okay. Like... Apparently, there's some really, really weird stuff that happens, and I haven't gotten to oh, that yeah. yet. There's some really weird stuff. It's, it's not on Legion level, 
like but like within the Fargo realm, there's well, yeah. There's there's been some setups to stuff where I think I might know where it's going, <laughs> but I don't. So hmm. there, there may be Fargo's like a point a where you start second guessing and triple guessing yourself, but yeah, yeah. Fun fact for anyone who's watching this: go watch Fargo. It's yeah. different, a... but Noah Hawley's still killing it. And there's a lot of alumni from Fargo in here as well, like. Oh yeah, Gene Smart's in it. Yeah, Rachel, uh, Keller. Rachel Keller's in there. The guy who plays Ben Schmitz in this episode as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Man, there's a lot. It's a good show. Hmm. But this is not Fargo cast. No. So Matt, thirty second summary of the episode. All right, here we go. David takes the soldiers of Division 3 out of play and wishes to speak with Clark, the ever-so-slightly-singed interrogator from Episode 1. And while Clark may not see eye-to-eye -eye with the other Summerlands crew, this gets put on the back burner as they also need to remove the Shadow King from David's mind at uh, Carrie's request. However, they're unsuccessful, and as everything starts to go wrong, the Shadow King manages to flee into Oliver's body with, via jumping through other people, and while Summerlands and the Division 3 may now have a common enemy to unite against, David is whisked away and trapped within a floating sphere slash Pokeball, with no idea where he's going. Yeah, that's about right. Mm. So, let's, uh, let's jump into our questions. First question, as always, what's real? And I think, I, I, I want to say we can close this out, because yeah. this show specifically, you know, addresses the, hey, what if none of this is real? What if all of this is in my head and I'm lying to myself there? Yeah, it's a question that I, like, I don't want to keep returning to in a way of like, oh, but what if it isn't? Because yeah, I mean, then, you, then, like, then you get too far into the theorizing and not focusing on what's actually there. Yeah, they could they could go into, you know, the saint elsewhere. It's all happening in this autistic boy's mind while looking at a snow globe. But I don't think they're going to do that because that's not I, really I would be, I would be surprised if someone was like, this is the thing we need to take influence from 30 years after the fact. <laughs> so I I think we can close that out now that we've yeah. got a lot more definition. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to return to the kitchen outburst. I'm going to keep it keep it just on the list in case we get something in season two. Yeah. But I think... now, now we're more in the real world. Maybe yeah. Philly will come back in some way and... Yeah, I, I think the answer really is they got into a fight and mm. David lost it. The why doesn't matter. It's mm. the actions that happened because of that. It's Yeah. I mean, I know at the beginning, everyone's like, okay, wait, what's causing all this? What's happening here? What's happening here? What's happening here? And more and more the show say, hey, things are happening, but the reactions are more important than the causes. Mm, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, what's up with the Summerlands crew? I think we know they aren't as good as mm. everyone's saying, but you know, I, I'm trying to figure. Out, I think I think we get a good definition on what the war, the quote war is. It's you know mutants fighting for their autonomy. Yeah, it fits within that general hierarchy of X stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we have? Who's David's parents? So I'm going to straight up say this. Noah Hawley in an interview. Just kind of drop, yeah. So now that we know that Charles Xavier's his dad, mm. I so... think th he had he had like an interesting way of looking at it in like the region that the reason that Legion exists in the comics is because he's Professor X's son. So like to kind of come at it from this alternate angle where that's not like the first piece of information about him mm -hmm. is helping no, I... to kind of really set him apart. Yeah, because in the comics, Legion doesn't appear till New Mutants twenty. Well, uh, 
splash page at the end of 25, but really 26. But there's mm -hmm. a scene in the very first actual issue of New Mutants where uh, Gabriel Haller talks to Moira McTaggart and says, yeah, uh, you know, this is uh, Charles Xavier's, Charles Xavier has a son and with me and we have problems. And then it's just a Claremontian dropped thread for like two years. Oh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. It starts from Charles Xavier has a kid, not David's a character. Mm. So I, I, I think we can straight up say David's dad is Xavier and his mom is not so far incredibly relevant to this story here. No, but I imagine we'll meet, we'll meet her at some point. Right. <laughs> I think the last question, what did the stars say? We don't get an answer on this, and this is actually the one thing that's bothering me about this. Not that someone has to say, oh, the stars said this. But, you know, what the stars said was the crux of what the Shadow King was looking for. It was what was going on. That was mm -hmm. the driving motivation of our main antagonist. And we don't get much of a resolution. We get the Shadow King being evil because it's evil. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think this, is, this kind of shows... I think it must be the, sim uh, the same interview where Hawley's like, I have, like, a story, but I don't know how many episodes it'll run. Hmm. And, I like, if if there's, a like, a point where the problem has occurred, I think it's from that bit. Because of the fact, like, it's being divided in such a way of, like, this is how much we can have, like, this can fit for 50 minutes and this one will, like, work for 40, as opposed to, like, this here's where, like, we can make a season of eight. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah, with like it not being designed to answer this, then like the build-up and the heavy focus almost seems strange that it didn't hit that point. Right. Although when it like when it turns out that there's say like twelve episodes out, like when we're a little bit of the way into season two premiering, it might be like okay, like within this structure, it now makes sense. But as it stands, it just like it it seems odd to not have cross that one off the list mm -hmm. it, it does but you know I, I guess as we're talking season as a whole matt how did you feel about legion season one i mean i i liked it quite a lot clearly there's been no point where i'm like i want to quit doing the podcast so <laughs> <laughs> that's always a positive uh i think it's it's definitely up there in like kind of opening first seasons the i feel like it's kind of on par with those first eight episodes of Jessica Jones at worst. Oh, yeah, at worst, yeah. So I'd say when it... Legion does, not just in genre television, mm -hmm. but in television as a whole, Legion's one of the most experimental, one of the most... You know, gra groundbreaking's not the right word, but it, it does different. It looks at a situation and doesn't do the obvious thing. It looks for the second, the third right answer of how they yeah. could approach it. And I really appreciate the creativity that's been put into this show. Yeah. I think there have been some structural missteps. Hmm. I think the show could have been a little tighter. Yeah. But I'm I'm happier that they took as many risks and as many chances as they can. Most of them paid up, paid off. More did than yeah. didn't. I mean, like uh, season from last year in the Storybot, season two was something that I did not particularly like, and mm -hmm. um, thought it kind of went two mystery box in like an attempt to kind of top season one right but at the same time like i admire it because it's very clearly sam esmail making the show that he wants to in the way that he does as opposed to feeling like he needs to adhere to a particular style it's like 
we you know we should celebrate the artists and creators that decide to like really go for it even if like they don't have everything like we can acknowledge that but still be aware that like that's come from attempting something as opposed to not attempting something and settling for mediocre oh yeah no i'd rather Mm -hmm. i'd rather try something and not get it all the way right than not try Mm -hmm. something yeah like i think when legions missed it's been more interesting to kind of talk about how it's missed as opposed to like like you know like i'd rather talk about this rather than say like early agents of shield where it wasn't completely hitting the mark but that wasn't because they were necessarily striving for this groundbreaking piece of television at the time yeah i mean i'd say i've i've watched a good amount of comic book television like Mm -hmm. you know shows based on that i've watched a lot probably more than most people legion's been i think legion's been consistently you know you just take this eight episodes this one season legion's head and shoulders above everything else i -hmm. think there's been moments in some other shows that i i've liked more but legion had me on the edge of my seat more than anything else and they did an excellent job all season all that you know what i actually it actually just clicked you know what my biggest problem with this episode is what i don't feel the tension and that i felt with everything else that's exactly what it is it's yeah i wasn't concerned the rest yeah, of the like, series. Yeah, you know, we're, we're back in like a familiar location with a clear goal, which everyone thinks they're going to be able to achieve. And a, you know, god-level powered mutant mm. dealing with it. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Hmm. Beyond that, I really liked the season, though. Like, yeah, like, great. I th- I th- like I'll, I'll probably... like It's not as if like I'm like, this is good. I, I, like, I don't feel the need to rewatch it. Like, I will, and I'll... Going back through it, I'll appreciate the formal components and everything, and then perhaps, be, yeah, being aware that like where it's ended up is not as satisfying as we expected it to be. I may appreciate it more at the time, but I, I still do really like it, and like I, I, I don't know what else would come out this year that would like mean this somehow didn't end up on a top ten list in some capacity for me at the end of the year. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I'm still recommending this to everyone. On, yeah, know, yeah, it's not enough for me to be like, maybe hold off. No, this is still great. Hmm. People should still go and watch this. But yeah, that's uh, that's Legion Season 1. Hmm. It was good. Uh, just real quick, what are your hopes for Season 2? If you could have, like, one thing, what would it be? I'll go with the hair, because I think it's a realistic expectation. Considering I mean, we like weren't expecting this... Where I ended up story-wise. Yeah, I still want the hair. Don't get me wrong. I still want the hair. Even if we do just another chalk sequence, and they draw <laughs> David with, you know, just giant mm. freaking three feet tall hair, I'd like that. I mean, that's our that's our album art cover yeah. on this. It's David with a big old when, when hair. It, when it happens, the payoff will have worked incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look like geniuses now. But no. I'd say if there's one thing I want, I want them to keep being experimental with the genre conventions. I want them to keep mm. messing around with what television can be. Because yeah. they, they've done a really good job breaking out of the box on that. Mm. And I'd, I'd love to see that continue. Yeah, I feel like the recurrent criticism is perhaps like over time it's revealed itself to be more in line with what you'd expect in the next show. So mm-hmm. I, I expect that everyone involved would take that as a challenge to then make it a little bit more 
complex, but without going ridiculously overboard and making it so obtuse that you can't piece it together. I mean, it's a fine line because, you know, the standard show has evolved because that format works and it works well. Mm. It's how people think. It's how people understand things. It's a good way to tell stories. And if you yeah. diverge too far from that, you lose the you lose all of the benefit of your main point of telling stories. Yeah, you start to get, get into avant-garde abstractness. You get Revolution 9 from the Beatles, and no one wants that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you know what I'm talking about there, because... Oh. I, I think it works, as long as we like don't leave enough time to question it. <laughs> I've straight up only listened to that song once. I skip it every other time. It's the worst. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So... Let's. Uh, I guess there's some housekeeping stuff to do. Obviously, the season's over, and mm. I'm probably not waking up at 5 a.m. to kill time on this podcast every week. I think that's fair, no. right, man? Uh, well, it's always what I knew what would happen. This isn't a surprise. We always. I'm not already on this. This isn't just us talking on air for anyone who's curious. We have a plan. <laughs> but. Uh, so what, what we're playing we'll at some point. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be back, uh, throughout the off season. We're going to be throwing a few episodes up here and there mm-hmm. nothing consistent. I think, you know, we haven't said, okay, these are the dates we're doing new episodes. No. Uh, we're trying to line up a few interviews, uh, with some people who've been involved in Legion as a character just to get a different perspective on that. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got a few little pitches that we think we can talk about for, a little bit, just yeah. we'll expand a little bit outwards into wider X relevant stuff. Yeah, because yeah. it's gonna be like with, until information comes out, it would just be pure speculation. Yeah, I mean, and you guys have heard us ramble about Legion for like nine hours now, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that we don't need another fifty some before the next season starts. <laughs> That sounds horrible uh, it, for everyone involved. If, if there is a podcast that does that, I kind of want to listen just to see how they make it through. I don't want to listen right now. I want to listen. No, obviously not right, right now. Like I'll, I'll wait a few months and then you know it's like the, it's like the podcast of the people who watch Grown Ups Two every week. Like the insanity will slowly set in. <laughs> no, that's that's good. So we'll we'll be back with a bunch of that stuff. It's been a fun time. Yeah. Until then, beyond that. Uh, yeah, if you want more, uh, X-Many stuff, I, and I haven't actually told you this, Matt, I accidentally started a podcast last night because <laughs> I set a Patreon goal, I set a Patreon goal a while ago for, uh, reviewing every X-Men book that comes out. Uh, I remember that goal. And I set it at $25. I made a mistake. That was very low. I did not actually expect people would pay me money to do things, and now they have. So I have quick hits on the X-Men books that are coming out. The first episode went up yesterday. It has yet to be approved by iTunes because, again, I've thrown this together very quick. Yeah, it's on it's on Google Play. I believe it's on Stitcher now. Uh, and, frankly, Matt edits all these, and he's much better than I am. So the first episode's rough, but I know what I did wrong. I just don't have the original audio to fix it because I didn't get oh, it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is good. I'll export as MP3. We're great. No, I cut out. I did a silent skip that hmm. messed up okay. a lot of stuff. I, I'm still like a little bit stuck on like, man, I accidentally podcasted, but <laughs> it, it, it happened. Yeah. I, 
my kid, my wife was visiting someone last night. I had nothing to do. I had finished my schoolwork. I was like, you know what? I've been meaning to do this, and X-Men Prime just came out, so this is yeah. a natural starting Yeah, point. I was going to say, like, it worked out kind of well that that happened. I was I was holding off until that happened. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'll wait. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. It's like five minutes, and that's all they're going to be. But mm-hmm. You'll get to hear me talk about things that are actually happening, and not just, hey, Legion's yeah. going to come back soon, right? Yeah, right? and look on the bright side. Kieran's doing the podcast set in the Marvel Universe, so it's not like you accidentally picked that one up as well. Uh, yeah, friggin'. <laughs> Uh, that's a great yeah. idea. I've had it for a while. Uh, Kieran Shiak, who runs uh, Journey into Misery, Journey into Misery, uh, Zero Hours, well. Zero Hour, Big Egg, and then he co-hosts as uh, Animal Crackers. Yeah, is that, is yeah. That the there's, one that does? there's at least three podcasts. Yeah, the Good Egg Podcast Network. They're they're a fun little resource. He had a great idea of a you know podcast set in the Marvel universe as a reporter trying to figure out what the heck's happening during all of the. Yeah, events. it's a, it's a very Marvel style approach, which works because of how long it's been since Marvel's. I mean, there's only been three events this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and it's March. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so you can find more stuff there. Beyond that, uh, Matt, where can uh, where can people find you online? Find me at Matt underscore Sibley on Twitter and also over on Newsrama. I was right. We did have stuff about X-Men Prime this week, mainly because I wrote it, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a pretty good jumping on point. If anyone is now hit the end of the off season and wants to dive into actual stuff, and on that the yeah. X Men Legacy Omnibus by Simon Spurrier comes out next week, which is the run which we've talked about, not in extensive detail, but it is that in kind of similar in focused on Legion. Yeah, go go buy and read that if you like Legion and you just want more yeah. because it's. It's, it's going to be on like in stock trades for less than forty dollars, presumably, which is an incredible deal for stuff like, like that. I own the, I own the whole run in floppies, and I might mm. pick that up because that's great. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can find me on Twitter at Xavier Files. That's also the name of my website where all this stuff is hosted. Uh, it's a fun little place where I talk about X Men every single week. Uh, yesterday we just put up something about Artie and Leech, who are the best friends in the entire universe. They're quite delightful. And I love really. <laughs> that article takes a real swerve at the end, where it goes from, hey, these are some best friends that are hanging out. Also, they're hanging out with God now and recreating yeah. the entire universe. <laughs> that was a weird ending. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why, I, I kind of clicked on it and was like, I remember the, ne- oh, yeah, okay, yeah. They definitely crossed over into Hickman stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it got it got weird quick for some guys that were just hanging out in the sewer for a while. Sewers <laughs> to the multiverse. Uh, uh, but beyond that, uh, you can also uh, go to patreon.com slash Xavier Files. That's uh, where the kind people who want to support the projects that we do uh, can donate as little as a dollar a month for some nice rewards. It really helps us out. Uh, it pays for the hosting, pays for all that stuff. And none of this would be possible without you guys, and I really do appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. As far as it, seriously, everyone who's been listening to this, thank you very much. This has been a weird little experiment that we've been doing, and I've really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, for something which we kind of picked up on the fly without too much practice into podcasting, it's over the course of eight yeah. weeks, it's it's grown into something. Yeah, yeah. Things have, I think things have gotten better as we've yeah. gone along. Like, those first few episodes are rough, and for the 
10 of you who heard our Zero episode, compare that to where we're at now. I'd, I'd prefer if people I'm didn't proud. compare the weird stereo recording with Strange oh, that was so bad. <laughs> that was so bad. We didn't know what we were doing. We found out. I'm so glad we tried it first. I'm so though. glad we don't have to use Skype, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I feel like that's where this most is, of the problems is, were coming from. Yeah, this has all turned out way better. Uh, but beyond that, uh, I guess we will uh, see you next next time. Good podcast, Matt. David, David. David. Shall we begin?